And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we begin a Monday, Gary, good morning. Good morning. I'm just looking at a bunch of different uh, things here. You know, the Olympics eliminated women's softball yeah. a few years back. I don't know if you remember it. Stephanie yeah. Rule from MSNBC brought it back. Everything. Sir, there is something personal that's affecting you. Your son, while there's no ties to you, could be charged by your Department of Justice. How will- Do I have to go any further? Well, there's no ties, no to, ties you. to you. No ties to you. I mean, it, you're... And, and I was waiting that if she brought up at all, because that was when I didn't see the interview. I just saw, you know, when I when I first, uh, uh, you know, when I first started reading articles on it, I had not yet seen the interview, but I'd seen that question, but I hadn't seen the question that the Republicans, through a whistleblower, have stated, you know, that, um, you know, and and go into that part of it, which mm. you know brings the Biden family and Joe Biden into it, mm. which any other president would have been asked that question. Oh yeah, but I mean, talk about if if you ever want to see the perfect example of what we have stated is the mainstream media, the leftist media being political activist. Watch that interview. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just unbelievable. You, you might as well had a PR firm asking the questions to the president. Well, it's clear no one in your family has ever broken the law. Because we all know Hunter's not a real member of your family. <laughs> Have you disowned Hunter yet? <laughs> yes. This Hunter Biden, who is seemingly unrelated to you. You've disowned your granddaughter. Have you disowned Hunter? Exactly. No, that's, you know, um, they keep calling you the big guy, but you're actually average height. <laughs> and they're claiming you got 10% of the cut when we all know you would insist on at least 20. <laughs> right. 
Softball questions that aren't actual softball questions. That's what I would be doing. Hey, thanks for sitting down with us, big guy. Listen, but this is exactly what you're going to get from, you know, MSNBC and the left. And I'm guessing Biden's camp wrote the questions. And then, well, let me say this. When I first saw it, I was thinking, yeah, Biden, Biden's camp wrote the question. Then I thought, no, you moron. It's MSNBC. They wrote the questions. <laughs> this is not, you know, this after the whole L.A. Times reporter thing, we all know how this works. And I'm surprised. I'm surprised she didn't have any other complimentary things in there. Some have called you the best-looking president ever. <laughs> I, we Trump's, all know... Trump says that isn't true. Yes. <laughs> we <do> all know... <laughs> that he is. What do you have to say about that? Exactly. We all know that it's true, but we also know that you're the most humble president ever. <laughs> I mean... I mean, it was just, uh, it was, uh, it was really, uh, uh, it was really amazing to watch. There is no self-awareness at all. No. Uh, and I don't think they care about self-awareness because, uh, you know, Stephanie Rule obviously looks at herself as a political activist and not a journalist. Right. Uh, obviously, you cannot, because I do believe they have some self-awareness and they understand exactly, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like they have it, mm -hmm. but that's coming from the point of, you telling everybody you're a journalist when yeah. obviously you're not a journalist, you're a political yeah. activist. You know you're a political activist. Mm -hmm. You're not, you don't care if you get caught in a lie. You don't care if you obviously are involved in a completely softball interview where no tough questions are asked because that's your job. Your job is to be a political activist. Your job is to be the public relations arm of the Biden campaign. Yeah. Every time I think of an a sit-down interview with MSNBC. I think of the the show Homeland, and in the show, in the storyline, there was going to be an interview with a family of who was a, a man who was believed to be a, a national hero, someone who had been held by the enemy and had come home, and so they were going to sit down with Chris Hayes, and the daughter said, Mom, I'm really nervous because we're going to be on with Chris Hayes. We're going to be in front of 10 million people. That's the number they use. And I thought, nope, you're not going to be in front of 10 million people. You don't need to be nervous at all. You won't be, 10 million people won't be watching. That shouldn't be a concern. Well, the thing is, I mean, you had, and it was, uh, what, uh, at least four or five days ago, mm. where Comer says, look, we've got a whistleblower who says Vice President Biden actively, actively allegedly engaged in a bribery excuse me, scheme with a foreign national. Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get this out here. It's, sorry, it's a Monday. The need to get the, the mouth working with the brain. Yes. Uh, and, and so you would think that that question would be asked. Mm -hmm. It was never asked. No. It was never... He never got an opportunity to, you know, answer the allegation. She never asked the question. Now, you tell me any Republican where that allegation would come across from a Democrat uh, and and the the oversight committee chairman of a Democrat who says there's a whistleblower 
who said that Trump committed bribery, that that question would not be asked to him. Right. It'd be the only question right. they want to ask. Yeah. That's the that's the question. And what does she do? She says, you know, Hunter Biden, and the interesting thing is now I see he could be indicted this week. Where does that come from? Right. I've seen it, you know, that Hunter could be indicted this week, and that's why Comer, for example, came out and said, nope, Justice Department, don't do anything. I'm holding a Wednesday press conference mm-hmm. to lay all of this out. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows, everyone knows, Stephanie Rule knows, it's like, but we can't ask Biden that question. Right. We can't say, the Republicans are saying they have a whistleblower that says you were actively engaged in a bribery scheme with the foreign national when you were vice president. Is that true? Right? And when he agreed to do the interview, this story was already out. Right. And I thought to myself, there's no way she's going to ask him that question. Nope. There's no, and and I was right. Didn't ask the question. No. No, it's, it, it wasn't going to happen. And it's, uh, as of last week, that's the number one story about Biden. Well, I will tell you that after this interview... It's clear now that they have added at least one person to his campaign staff. <laughs> Maybe not officially, but Stephanie Rule is helping with the campaign. And, and look, we're not surprised by this. No, no. But it's important no. to point it out. No. Because we do it all the time and say, you know, that that's a question that should have been asked. Why wasn't it asked? Because no one at MSNBC is really a journalist. Stephanie Rule is not a journalist. She is a part of the public relations arm of the Biden campaign for 2024. Well, and, and, and this this bogus, you know, um, I was going to say qualifier, but disqualifier in her question with no link to you. Yeah, exactly. You just mentioned his son, you moron. <laughs> what do you mean? No link. Hunter, no link to you. And the whole story is... Are you, the, are you still on that right. defense? Because nobody else is. Well, uh, Juan Williams is. Where's Juan working now? Uh, he, 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 was, uh, he was going... Uh, he was uh, on the uh, Sunday morning news show on Fox, mm. and uh, him and Gingrich were going at it. Mm. And he was using that defense. Okay. It's, uh, it's Hunter Biden. Mm. He's not president. Mm. And then he started talking louder. Newt Gingrich didn't do a good job. Newt Gingrich just said, okay, you've said your stuff. Now, here it is, but he allowed uh, uh, Juan Williams to talk over him. Mm. And I and I went, oh, okay, that's what Juan doing. He doesn't want to hear the answer. Right. So he let it, you know, he just let him uh, talk over him. Where I said, look, you had your thing. Let me finish. Here's mm-hmm. where you're wrong. Mm-hmm. This, 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 and this, and you know it. You know Hunter Biden leads right to Joe Biden. You know. And he did bring it up that, you know, the $3 million yeah. and, and everything else. And Juan's just talking over him so you couldn't. You know, you couldn't hear Gingrich's, uh, def, you know, uh, allegations of what is actually not just an allegation, but the truth. We all know that money made it there. There is no question about that. But Juan Williams kept trying to talk over him and using the same old Hunter Biden isn't president. Well, there is the and no shocker that Juan Williams is doing that. You know, when you're at the end of your career, you probably are throwing everything you can at it, trying to defend um, 
I don't know. I don't know what because so so now there are two. <laughs> so there are two people still using that defense. But the fact of the matter is that even the media knows, and you you saw it. Even the media knows this isn't going anywhere. This is going to be around all summer. This is the story. Stephanie Rule is an activist. Juan Williams is not a journalist. No. Neither of these individuals are journalists. But the the actual journalists inside the Beltway are looking at this, and you either ignore it or you follow this story. You either go do a story about something else completely or you address it's not even the whale pod in the living room anymore. It is the living room. And then Juan Williams did the same thing. Well, what about the, the Trump family? And the answer should have been simply this. Then go investigate the Trump family as everybody has over the last four years. If you've we're got talking, a whistleblower we're on talking the Trump about, family. Right. We're talking about Joe Biden now. Mm-hmm. So you set that aside. If you wish to have a discussion on that, Shannon can have it at some other time. But we're talking about the Biden Well, because family. if you're bringing up, if you're saying, what about the Trump family, then you agree there should be an investigation. Great. Well, that, well I, she, she did bring that up to him. Well, if you're saying yeah. that, that the, if Trump's wrong, then you have to admit that he's wrong. Yeah. And everybody's talking over each exactly. other. Exactly. So. If you're bringing that up, you're saying it warrants right. an investigation. Because otherwise, you're saying it wouldn't warrant an investigation with Trump either. He's so bad. And those are the, you know, those are, again, the clues that they've walked themselves into a corner once again. Why do you believe that Joe Biden is the one you have to defend? Look, if you're talking about Gavin Newsom, who on the left could be seen as, I don't know, the future of the party, the future hope, maybe the only guy that could win the White House or whatever you're going to, however you're going to categorize him and compartmentalize him, then at least I would get it. Why Joe Biden? Joe Biden lies, doesn't give, because if you're an activist, not a journalist, he's not handing you, go to Corrine Jean-Pierre. Every afternoon, she ignores you, and so does the president. He's not even within shouting distance anymore unless you've got a script at MSNBC. And that's the fact. Why would you even entertain Joe Biden at all? He's not the future of your party. But I guess what you believe is maybe, maybe you see this as coming down on the entire party. Because here's, here are the facts. There's the reality. When this thing comes down, if this whistleblower allegation is true, it is over for Joe Biden. But the hellfire that will rain down that will the 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 death lava political death lava that will overflow and taint the entire party can't be ignored either well you know the the thing is you you just mentioned gavin newsom i'm thinking the the whole reparation stuff over the weekend eventually he would have to sign that Mm -hmm. and i think now they're up to 1.2 million for the state of California, and then the activists, the one activist was screaming that it should be $200 million each eligible <laughs> yeah. recipient for reparations yeah. right. in the state of California. And I did the figuring. Mm. It would be $360 trillion. You would, it would take California, 
to double their budget for the next 1,200 years to pay that off. Just to pay that off. Just to pay. And, and that doesn't include inflation. Right. Doesn't include inflation right. or interest or anything. You know, right. the bond and issues. And other budgetary take, items right. that would need to be right. increased you, along the way. Yeah. Right. Because you'd, you'd have to take out a bond issue to do that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that. But again, I just, I thought to myself, I go, okay, but you are more moral because you now have come up with something that is 1,200 times more impossible than what the the other activists are bringing up for reparations. So you care more. Uh-huh. <laughs> just amazing. Hey, what, what a zoo it was over the weekend. we got a great show ahead, 866-90-RED-EYE. When it comes to truck maintenance, sometimes it's the little things that can cause the most trouble, like cabin air filters. When properly serviced, cabin air filters provide a barrier between pollutants and harmful particles outside and your HVAC system. If you don't pay attention to them, however, this small part can turn into big trouble in no time. Breathe easy when you know which warning signs can indicate that your cabin air filters are clogged. A dirty, musty smell throughout the entire cab may indicate your cabin air filters are oversaturated and need to be replaced. Check the condition of your filters if you smell an unusual odor coming from your ventilation system. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, if you'd like to get in on the uh, show today, we've got I mean, so much to uh, talk about mm. over the weekend, that horrible mass murder shooting yeah. here in uh, in Allen, Texas. 
And then uh, down by the border, you saw that one where yeah. uh, the people were run over. Right. Um, and still don't know the motive for that one. Don't even right. don't know the motive for the, the Allen one either. I know a lot of people have been speculating. You and I talk about this all the time that, you know, the speculation that goes on and the same arguments that go on. And we don't speculate on so many different cases out there. You know, the subway incident. It's like everybody everybody purely speculates on it. I mean, right. AOC's been criticized yeah. for that. We don't do that on on criminal cases. No, just so people know that. So we don't get into the we don't get into the guessing game as to why somebody possibly did something. We wait for the facts to come out from law enforcement. Yeah, look, you have uh, a number of families who are suffering right now. Mm-hmm. You have uh, people who are injured, still trying to recover uh, in Allen, Texas. You have uh, plenty of time down the road to go over this and have that type of discussion right now you got to get the facts and we always wait for things to come in i want to hear everybody wants to know we all want to hear the facts in the case we want to learn more as a society we're always anxious to learn more from incidents like this and we will but speculation is not going to get us anything no and i i'm i have zero interest it does no one any good and you know this is uh it's it's tragic it was i was at a actually a family event and uh i was away from town actually i was in uh, a few hours away and that story broke and it was just it was just heartbreaking you know, and as the details come out about the victims, it's it's more and more heartbreaking uh, by the moment. But we have to wait for the facts to determine exactly what happened here. Law enforcement doesn't have all the facts yet, so you can bet the media doesn't. again with our podcast available on our app and at redeyeradioshow.com It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. 86690 Red Eye. Okay, uh, we're going to spend the next four and a half hours uh, talking about our feelings of the coronation. <laughs> yeah. As right. soon as I look for any feelings, I'm... Nope. I don't have any. I, I only have one comment. Yeah. When, the, 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 when, I, when I saw the one picture on social media of King Charles uh-huh. in his hat, or whatever you want, whatever they call a crown. It's a crown. <laughs> hey, nice hat. And, 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 and his crown, and right next to it was the, was, if you remember the Seinfeld episode, The Whiz. Yeah. And it was the guy with the whiz right next to him. You can't and, beat the whiz. And, and Charles had a goofy look on his face, and the whiz did too. I love it. Now, the interesting point about that is when I actually found out that the whiz actually mm-hmm. was a store. 
Yeah, you were telling that me was that was owned by time. the Jamels, and Doug Jamel right. is a is a developer who developed parts of uh, I know of uh, of uh, Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And he is, I mean, the I think the they're out of that business, but now he's a developer and he's de- developing downtown Buffalo right now. That's yeah. how I because the bank building I used to work in that everybody said is hopeless. You can't do anything with it. This guy just comes in and he has, I mean, he is the whiz. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just has this way. Here's what we're going to do with this building. And he's just buying buildings left and right. And you're like, well, you can't save that. And he does. Yeah. And so he, you know, he's, I call him the the, the whiz. Mm-hmm. And I told that to some of the people that I know in the media of Buffalo. I said, well, you know, he's part of the whiz. They go, what are you talking about? I go, the Seinfeld episode, the whiz. Mm-hmm. And I go, that's him. Yeah, oh, he wasn't the guy marching around and right, whatever right, they were right. doing. Yeah, but uh, I said, but no, his his family was the one that owned the Wiz, the mm-hmm. the store, mm-hmm. and they were like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. You, you can you can report that and and uh, use me as the source. There you go. The other thing is that I just burst out laughing when I came in tonight, and I went to Fox News, mm. and I was looking for the number one story. Mm-hmm. And the number one story, and it's still the number one story on foxnews.com. And we had talked about this on Friday's show just because I had seen it on social media. And I was like, wow, it was, uh, I was like, I couldn't believe that people are just so envious and jealous and just care about so much about somebody in Hollywood. But the lead story Happy Day star Scott Bayo announces he's leaving California due to the homeless crisis and crime. No, it is the above the fold story. And it's got more prominent. I mean, it's the story at the top. Yeah, it's the story at the top. <laughs> and it didn't stop over the weekend. Look, they were people were still attacking him and he's going back at them left their but I just and we got into a whole discussion on you know, envy and, and and jealousy and how it is so much and drives the left, you know, just mm-hmm. so oh harsh. Gosh. Yeah. Look, it, it is indicative of what's going on in the major in, in the cities in, in California, especially in, in other cities like Portland. Uh, it's been going on in Chicago for a long time and New York and the rise in violent crime and, and the homeless problem that nobody wants. In fact, the left only wants to make worse. And we can judge them by their actions. Um, but I think, you know, that's the bigger story. That And that's the headline. I don't know, and no offense to Scott, you know, he seems like a nice enough guy. But that's the story. The, the headline should be you have a number of people, including celebrities, who are leaving because of this. You know, we, we talked about that with... Um, uh, the what was going on in San Francisco and a lot of the IT people that moved out of there and these were you know this is very big IT talent has left the Bay Area uh, and these IT companies uh, their offices now the the office buildings where they were now have a ton of vacancies because nobody wants to work there the retailers that have, that are leaving these areas they don't. They can't keep people employed because they know that those individuals that show up for work every day are fearing for their lives. It's not safe. It's not safe for their own employees, 
And on top of that, on the retail level, they're getting ripped off. And nobody's doing anything about it. They're losing profits. They, they can't be productive because people feel unsafe working there. And they can't be profitable because their profits are literally walking out the door. Uh, it says here, when a Twitter user implied that uh, Scott Bayo would not be missed, the Charles in Charge actor shot back, maybe not, but they'll certainly miss the high taxes I, I was pay. Gonna, I, it's so funny because I saw that and I thought that would exactly be, that would be my response. Right. I pay a great deal in taxes and they will miss that. Uh, the numbers came out, I forget what the numbers are in terms of the revenue and not just in California. I don't know if we got had the numbers. The one uh, over the last, I think since COVID began, I think it was New York and California. Yeah, okay. I'm The story may be in the garbage over there. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, I save my stories to like the stories from the day before. I yeah, keep right, them yeah. right. And, and I just to check to see if there's any update. But I think the figure was $90 billion left California and New York over the last three years. So yeah, total, yeah, combining okay. the two states Combining together. the two, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't I don't remember them breaking it down. I, I think actually they may have, uh, or they broke it down for New York. But but regardless, it's, it's tens of billions of dollars that they're not getting because of people and companies leaving their states. And that's, by the way, all of this... All of these problems we've been talking about are a choice. Yeah. They're a choice. The people who elect these individuals elect them because they know this is what they want. They know that this is going to happen. They know this is going to be the policy um, and it's not going to change. They know they're not going to actually do anything about it. Gavin Newsom's response is going to be running for president. That's going to be his actual response of both dealing with the the rise in violent crime and people leaving California and also dealing with the conundrum that he is in right now on reparations. His response is going to be, well, I'm going to go somewhere where I can make a real difference and we can do this nationwide. That's I can hear him saying that. And as president, I would blah, 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 blah. Problem is, Joe's the guy for 2024. So the governor of California either doesn't run the next election cycle for the governor or he has to stay there and actually deal with it. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe Biden will call him up to be a part of the administration. Well, when you see, I'm trying to see if I can find... The, the one story on it, I'll see if I can find because it, it was like ninety, it was like ninety billion had uh, had uh, had moved out. Mm-hmm. And but when you think about it, because you know we talk about Gavin Newsom, you know now they've you know now the uh, uh, the uh, what is the reparations panel has come up with. I'm not sure what the bill would be, but as much as one point two million paid uh, to somebody who's over the age of seventy one, who is an African American who fits the qualifications uh, in California. You're talking at least eight hundred billion dollars. Yeah, what is going to happen? At, because if if this doesn't pass now, don't be surprised if there's riots, right? Because this is what Gavin Newsom has set up in the legislature by coming up with the whole reparations panel. The, the it looks like the minimum for California 
would be $800 billion. I have, I, guess, the, uh, I have the the CNBC version. I'm not sure if that's the one you brought last week for the the lost revenue. Does it say, uh, say, say 90 billion? Yeah, New York and yeah. California lost over 90 billion in income during COVID as yeah. taxpayers, and and they they say it's over COVID. It's over what's going on. Look, some of it may be people not wanting to live on top of each other in in major cities after COVID. Sure. But what is actually happening is the rise in crime over the last couple of years. And the people are talking about it. We don't feel safe uh, living here anymore, and and that's what you're seeing. But the breakdown is very clear. It's tens of billions of dollars and getting bigger. Well, you know, the, the, the nightmare that Newsom helped create in California with the whole reparations thing. You know, I don't know what they were thinking. Well, maybe, okay, uh, it'll cost us $10 billion or something like that. Or, you yeah. know, whatever, we'll give $1,000 and... You know, and and then everybody will be happy, and then the reparations panel starts, and it went from you know it it went from uh, two hundred thousand to three hundred and sixty thousand to one point uh, one point uh, uh, two million, then seven point six million, and then last week two hundred million. Yeah. yeah, you know, per eligible, and so nobody's going to be happy right. because they were throwing out these huge lottery number figures. And the state can't afford it. No. no. But if the state, let's let's say they can't back out of it. The state would have to think about this. I don't know who's going to lend them the money. Right. Hmm. Who's who's going to, can, can the state come up with a, a bond issue of $800 billion to pay all this off? Oh, my God. And how many, what would the taxpayers do? Because what you find out is... The people who have to pay for the reparations don't want it. The people that will get the reparations want it. It's extremely clear. There really is no middle ground there. No. And so it's basically 80 to 20 or 90 to 10. Mm. So whichever way this goes, this is the biggest liberal circular firing squad you're ever going to see. And if you have to take out, because if Newsom comes and says, no, $1,000, $1,000, the low ball was at 360000 and now it's three hundred somewhere between 360000 and $1.2 $1,000 in California won't pay your natural right. gas bill. And and so you're talking about $800 billion or a trillion dollars on the bond issue to pay for reparations? You know what that will do to taxes in California? Oh, we're going to... Oh, don't worry. We're going to do it. We're going to. It's going to be uh, corporate taxes. Corporate uh-huh. taxes on the rich. Uh-huh. They're gone. Yeah. They're gone. I mean, it's we're going to retroactively yeah. tax people who used to live here. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on the ballot as a bond issue. Right. Non Californians should pay. <laughs> Te- Texans need to pay. Now, again, we do appreciate the liberals of California admitting their guilt for their racist mindset. Yes. Absolutely. We do appreciate Gavin Newsom pushing this forward, understanding that he is one of the biggest purveyors of identity politics, which is racism, and they feel the guilt of their racist thought, and so they believe reparations are needed because even in 2023, they're still racist, which is why they believe they need to pay reparations. Well, and this floating this idea of a thousand dollars. No, I, I said that. Right, right, right. Okay. But, but they're the low point versus the high point. Let's just put it that way. 
And where did the low point start at somewhere 230,000? Yeah, was it like the first So figure. you start at the low point. You're saying that what you're what you're saying if you're on the low end, if you're because the debate has to happen. And the high end, let's say 200 million. Well, hold on a second. Because we asked all along from the beginning, how do you put a price on it? Because it, what you're saying is we need to pay for the pain and suffering. A couple hundred thousand dollars is going to do it. That won't buy. That won't buy a tent to live in in San Francisco. Two hundred thousand on the low end. So you have to. The point is, they're going to have to have the debate. They're going right. to have to say, "Well, no, two hundred thousand is all we can afford in the legislature." Well, exactly. So you're now racist. you're worried about. So now you're making it about the money. Oh, this is going to get good. I, we're, we I, haven't even scratched the surface on the debate here. C-SPAN needs to cover the California legislature when that's happening. Right when they're actually having that debate, and then. Yeah. Talk, then, then see when Newsom has to sign the bill and he refuses to sign it because right. the 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 the, uh, the the California can't afford it. Right. Or if he does sign it, either way is going to be entertaining because either way it's a liberal circular firing squad. Exactly. Like you're not going to believe. Exactly. Eight six six ninety red eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Hey, it's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. No, I was serious before. The activists demanded uh, $200 million for each el- yeah, yeah, eligible yeah. reparations re- yeah. recipient. Yeah. I wasn't making that up. That actually, $200 million, yeah. and $1.8 million uh, might be eligible for that. If right. you did that, that would be $360 trillion. <laughs> Which that's insane. Which if the California budget is roughly three hundred billion a year, you would have to pay an extra three hundred billion a year for one thousand two hundred years to pay that off, not including interest. Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit houseproducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you want. Now, when I saw the reparations activists looking for $200 million, I went, wow. Wow. Yeah. Trial lawyers now are looking better to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Speaking of trial, when I thought that, mm-hmm. when I said, oh, wow, 
trial lawyers are looking pretty good compared to these activists who are looking for $200 million uh, a you know a piece which of course is impossible but it doesn't matter whether it's impossible it's whether you know the virtue signaling i want something that's more impossible that makes us greater victims no you don't otherwise you would have said a billion each Ex- exactly exactly <laughs> i mean this right. is the yeah, conundrum. Right. this right. is the problem that they have because just as you start that debate between the 200,000 and the 200 million then someone else is going to walk in and go, uh, yes, I propose one billion. One billion. I care more than you. Well, you know, and, and that's where, again, as if you can put a price on it, and also as if making the payment, let's just say California came up with the money, Right? To pay it all at once. Are they saying that racism is over? Are they saying that it doesn't exist anymore and we're not going to do anything in the future? I mean, there are so many holes in this that the left cannot, cannot come together on and won't be able to going forward. You know, I tend to believe, looking at the timeline for the current governor of California, Gavin Newsom, you know, he's not going to be the guy in 24, apparently, unless the whistleblower has something to say about that. (laughs) So if Biden is the nominee in 24, then that means Gavin Newsom is out. He's not going to be the nominee, of course, and the only way he can escape California is if Biden calls him up to be a cabinet member. I don't know what that would be. But otherwise, he's either got he's either got to address this as governor or move on from being governor, one way or right. the other. Yeah. He, he, he may we said that a while back. We said, "Hmm, my gut is he's going to run for president because he doesn't want to deal with the whole reparations thing when it right. eventually comes right. to his desk. Right. But in the mention of trial lawyers, and we've talked about whether it's the radical liberal transgender activist movement or the wokeness on college or the pure discrimination that exists in identity politics, that one thing that we thought of that may change all of it is trial lawyers. Yeah. Looking at this going, no, 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 you can't do this. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. this was amazing. Jonathan Turley writing about Oberlin College. Remember, Oberlin, uh, Oberlin College, remember there was that incident where the bakery was there, Gibson's Bakery. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, this happened, I think, uh, in 2016, uh, where you had three African-American students that were arrested for shoplifting. Mm. Well, the arrest, again, a media campaign from the college and from the students calling the store racist. Uh, The police found clear evidence of shoplifting and noted that over a period of five years, 40 adults were arrested for shoplifting at the bakery. Wow, that's a lot. And only six were African-American. So they're saying it wasn't racism at all. Well, remember, they continued their campaign against Gibson's, you know, boycotting, trying to shut them down, doing everything possible and Gibson sued and won $25 million bucks. Mm. So, what are the students complaining about now? The college realizes, you know, and I'm sure the, the benefactors, the donors, 
you know, the alumni look at this and say, what are you people doing? $25 million, you know, we, we, we can't afford this. So the students are going crazy. They're the editors of the newspaper because they have not hired, this is not where they've hired a conservative professor or a Republican professor. Hmm. Nope. They hired a risk management expert. Okay. And the students want her gone. Yeah. <laughs> that is the radical stuff that they need to get rid of. Kalinda Watson. Uh, the student editors of the newspaper have risen up against the addition of Watson to the college ranks as an <laughs> existential threat. Watson is not a conservative or a Republican. Uh, groups that haven't been welcome on campus for many years. Oberlin is ranked in the top three most liberal college uh, colleges in the country. And finding a conservative professor is about as likely as finding a licensed practicing wizard. No, Watson is far, far worse. She is a risk management expert. Hmm. The panic over the arrival of a risk management expert in this small college is that she may be working, wait for it, to lower the risks of lawsuit at the college. Oberlin, it appears, attracts lawsuits as much as liberals. The students fear that she will create risk aversion that could chill future protests. And then they go into the whole Gibson Bakery thing. And that's it. Wow. That's it right there. They're like, we can't continue to do this. And when you talk about identity politics that the Democrats practice on a consistent basis, that's judging people by groups and not individuals. Yep. And the entire yep. thing of Democrats uh, right now and the you know liberals is uh, what? Denying, wanting to punish people for free speech rights. Yeah. Wanting to punish people for freedom of religion. Right. You know, those are huge First Amendment issues that now the trial lawyers are going to be looking at going, okay, we can sue here, we can sue here, we can sue here, just like in Oberlin College. So they hire because they got burned for $25 million for defaming that bakery. And so they hire a risk aversion expert. <laughs> The students are going crazy. The well, editors of the newspaper are going crazy. Right. We can't have a risk aversion. We need <laughs> we need no aversion to risk. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, because you hire someone like that to, to mitigate all the situations that are going on to make sure that you don't have to pay out another $25 million repeatedly. We can't have that. How dare you how dare you assess risk? We can't do stupid things that will cause us lawsuits that will cost us millions of dollars. Listen, just ask uh, the entire cast of the view. Lawyers need to be there. <laughs> it's no, just a necessary no, but we, part. But we, but we had talked it's about actually, that with, but with this the is view. A, yeah. No, it's actually a great comparison. I didn't mean it to be. But it's actually a direct comparison. Why are the lawyers on the set at The View? Risk aversion. Yep. <laughs> they can't trust the host of The View to not defame someone. Right. 
which means they're lying about they're they're lying. Yes. And they're such pathological liars on the view that they need to have the lawyers to disseminate between <laughs> lies that you know aren't a lot of risk mm-hmm. versus lies that create a lot of risk. Yeah. You know how sometimes the um <laughs> The pharmaceutical companies have to run a three-minute ad that is nothing but the disclaimer about the side effects. (laughs) Yeah, It's like, I don't know what drug they're talking about, but this entire thing has been nothing but side effects, right? Mm -hmm. I'm expecting that to be the the way that in the future, the way that the view closes every day. It's just going to be three minutes of the lawyers just (laughs) closing everything out. And, and when we, the reason we said that is uh, this goes back a few months ago when they said something yeah. on the air. I mean, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I don't believe it was Whoopi. Was it Whoopi in the whole? I don't think it was Whoopi in the the Holocaust or the. Whole, no, the, I don't think the, that was it. I mean, because thing. I don't think she made a. Yeah, a it, it, it was a it, group. It, Who was the group? I can't remember, but it was and they and they said that they were part of something when the group was not part of something. Yeah, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. and and so all of a sudden in the next break they had a statement to read. Yeah, well, they didn't create that statement alone. This no. is where we they said, didn't have a realization right. themselves. Right now, we don't have. I don't have personal knowledge that they actually have lawyers there, but we said they must have lawyers there because who would have written a statement during the commercial break and given it to them to say it had to be lawyers? Yeah, no, and that's was, why we said, attorneys, yeah. and that's why we said yeah. they've got they've got attorneys. Not on a retainer, but actually monitoring what goes on the view because of Sitting risk the aversion. Booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Our our executive producer is Jonathan Smith Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> Not licensed in the state of Hawaii, um, but these are the things that 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 happen. Over and over and over again, where you you look at it and you know, my gosh, I I don't know. Again, it, it, at what's going to happen with universities? What's going to happen with you know the the future of that? Because it there is there has been a shift in recent years. We talked about it. They're losing revenue, and it's not just because they've got to pay out twenty five million dollars. They're losing revenue because people are reassessing not just the risk, the risk of going and getting an arts degree. <laughs> there's, there's the risk assessment. <laughs> That's a gamble. That's a gamble. Brian and I would take that kind of gamble straight to Las Vegas. And and what do you want to major in? Gender studies. Yeah. Get the lawyers over here. <laughs> hey, come on. We got somebody at the wheel who wants to play roulette. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, those that's that's the real insanity is that reality is is coming back to to haunt the left over and over again. You know, you're gonna hear a bunch of late night talk show hosts put fear in your head saying things like we're doomed you should listen to them (laughs) every night on hundreds of radio stations but the fact of the matter is where there is hope is actually in what is going on 
It is the angst of the Oberlin students reflects a fear that the college might not subsidize campaigns that harm other people, including innocent individuals like the owners of Gibson's Bakery. Oberlin's administrators have made such campaigns part of the identity of their students. After all, this is a college where students are honed into such a hair-triggered state that they even protested the serving of sushi in the cafeteria as cultural appropriation. (laughs) (laughs) Litigation costs are now treated as an entitlement like entertainment budgets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, they they can rest assured that the college had to bring in a ri- risk expert clearly shows it will do little to change its culture or resist future mob actions. If uh, the president of the board were serious, they would not need an expert even after a massive award by the jury. That's a great point. Uh, the president continued to refuse to apologize. Right. In their editorial, the students right. declared right. student activism in Oberlin is an integral part of the culture. Without it, uh, what do we stand for? Defaming in line? Yeah. <laughs> Putting aside uh, responsible activism, there are always those other values such as higher education and due process that might appeal to them. Mm. If nothing else, at least as something of a novelty at Oberlin College. Yeah. That's Jonathan Turley on that. I just saw that. I know it wasn't big news, but it is yeah. big news well, it because is. because it, it, it shows that the thing that may stop the the insane left is the trial lawyers. No, it is. Because the fact of the matter is is that, you know, and, and, and we can talk about whether we like lawyers or don't like lawyers or I like but, my lawyer. <laughs> but the <laughs> We but all the, do. Yeah. But the but the fact of the matter is is that when it when you're if you do something wrong, if you're violating somebody's rights, if you damage someone, then there are laws to protect you and the lawyers go to work on that, and this is exactly what the left is facing now. They believe they could get away with this kind of behavior forever. I'm convinced they believe they had won to the extent that there is no obligation, you know, whatsoever. That we, we can just say anything and do anything, and it's not going to come back on us. That's actually changing as we speak. 866-90-RED-EYE. Surviving and thriving as an owner-operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue. Understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year. Costs are not the same each month. If 9,600 miles are driven one month and 10,000 miles the next, two different sets of costs apply for each month. For example, if your tractor payment is $1,850 per month and you drive 9,600 miles in the month, your tractor payment is costing you 19.3 cents per mile. Drive 10,000 miles, though, and that same payment will cost you 18.5 cents per mile. This is one of your major fixed costs while paying off a truck loan. The difference in this example is only a fraction of a cent, which may seem like small change, but it ultimately amounts to $960 more annually on the bottom line. Because though fixed costs do not go down over time, you can reduce your cost per mile with more paid miles. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. All right, well, uh, let me see. Coming up here, uh, this is really going to be interesting. All of a sudden, and I don't know the source. I've seen it reported, but I don't know the original source that said Hunter Biden might be indicted this week. And because this this uh, sent House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer urged the Justice Department to hold off on a potential Hunter Biden indictment until after Republicans hold a press conference unveiling additional details surrounding the Biden's family business dealings. Comer warned officials to wait to charge the first son until they hear from congressional leaders arguing that the possible indictment should uh, should uh, could be just a slap on the wrist compared to their uh, upcoming revelations. My message to the Department of Justice is very loud and clear. Do not indict Hunter Biden before Wednesday, Comer said during Sunday morning futures. When you have the opportunity to see the evidence that the House Oversight Committee will produce with respect to the web of LLCs, with respect to the number of adversarial countries that this family's influence uh, uh, peddled in, and this is not just about the president's son. This is about the entire Biden family, including the president of the United States. So we believe that there are a whole lot of tips that the IRS and the DOJ don't know about because we don't believe they've done a whole lot of digging into this, and we have. By all accounts from the media reports that we're getting, they've been looking at charging Hunter Biden on a, uh, uh, what they... Uh, what they're looking to charge Hunter Biden on is a slap on the wrist. It's a drop in the bucket. So Wednesday will be a very big day for the American people in getting the facts presented to them so they can know the truth, and then the Department of Justice can finally do what they should have done years ago. Well, I mean, the, that's that's pretty serious stuff, and you better be able to back it up. I mean, that's serious yeah, stuff. That Yeah, sure. And, and that's what we have said. Look, this is this is huge, because this, if it is true, if if, if the... If you look at the, you know, the entire fallout from a whistleblower having evidence of a quid pro quo, we've said, we've been saying that something that huge would be the end of the Biden administration, that the, yeah. the Biden would be done. But we'll talk more about the possible indictment and what people were saying, even Politico, over the weekend. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Harding. I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Uh, all right, here was uh, just a very short part of the uh, interview on MSNBC mm. that Biden did. Uh, mm. I mean, as softball as you can possibly get. Yeah. And if you want to know, we always give examples of somebody being a political activist instead of a reporter, and this is an example right here, how you know 
that Stephanie Rule here is a political activist by the way that she phrases this question to Joe Biden. Here we go. Everything. Everything. Sir, there is something personal that's affecting you. Your son, while there's no ties to you. All right. We just (laughs) stop right there for a moment. As if Hunter Biden and what they may charge him with is completely unrelated to anything that Joe Biden might be involved in. And everyone knows the influence peddling. So as we said, she knows. She knows the allegations. She knows the whistleblower allegations. But she's a political activist. And she doesn't care if she really misinterprets, you know, what the situation is right now. But then the continuation of it. Here we go. Could be charged by your Department of Justice. How will that impact your presidency? First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him. And that's it. I mean, that's the interview. Yeah. Uh, and and so, um, uh, uh, again, here's the interesting thing. Now, the media is going to demand this week that Corrine Jean-Pierre when she says, refer to the Justice Department, well, wait a minute, the president responded and said he hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah. And you're saying you don't get involved in active investigations. Well, you just did. Yeah. The president did. But that is what really started. That was the catalyst that started, you know, all of a sudden I started seeing media reports. And I don't know where the first media report began and that said sources said they're going to charge him this week well the washington post had it last week it was what day was it hold on i just pulled it up uh what was updated on the third and okay so and, and it was also originally published on the third so they had it on the third so they had it last week but it was that speculation said what, that, that, said, that what? said and here's the and here's the headline prosecutors near charging decision in hunter biden case and what they go on is what everybody else is going on. Oh, I, I saw that. I yeah. didn't. Yeah, I had seen that story. Right. I didn't see where they're going to charge him this week. That's what I didn't see. Oh, that specifically they're near, this week. Right. Well, they're near charging him. But where did it I become this week? It, I had seen that. Yeah, yeah, it appears. I don't know who the first person to say that was. Uh, somebody actually or if any of the uh, media had a source. But it seems to be. I haven't found where that has been the case by the way politico on this as well uh on saturday they had the story and it's like this is what happens toward the end of and we kind of joked about it hunter's lawyers literally running (laughs) to the doj and typically that's what happens toward the end of an investigation you're going to have lawyers meeting with the investigators uh or the investigating agency and so if that is the case you know um, we'll see where it comes down and what charges there might be. But I don't know, again, that... Well, here here would be the question. If Trump sitting down with then-FBI Director James Comey saying, and then said at one point, hey, take it easy on Michael Flynn, go easy on Michael Flynn... Um, to the left was obstruction of justice because ultimately James Comey was fired. And Hunter doesn't get indicted when even the left media believes that the indictment is eminent. 
Well, because everyone knows. Is that, a, is that not obstruction? Well, well, everyone knows that he evaded income tax. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. knows it. I mean, that's we why, know the that's gun why, charge. Then we know the gun charge. We know the income tax. So we yep. know at least there's there's two things right. uh, uh, there. Uh, but you know, they could make those as you know tax evasion, the gun charge, and you know who knows. You know, and 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 you know, here's the other thing that came out of it. That he's going to be indicted this week, but the eventual. How this will work out is the president will pardon his own son. Mm-hmm. That also was a big story this weekend. Mm-hmm. That he'll pardon. Now they said it might be in the next term. It might be if he loses. Yeah. You know, in that on his way out the door, maybe. Right. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, again, the charge might be now, but he might not be prosecuted for a year. Mm-hmm. So by the time it's ready to go to jail, uh, Biden may have already lost or won, and either way. It doesn't matter. He's a lame. He's either he's either a lame duck for that two month uh, uh, period, or you know because somebody else has won, or he's just another lame duck for four years and he doesn't care. Well, this is this. By the way, this explains the whole uh, uh, repositioning of the left media, including Rule at MSNBC and the and the uh, the 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 form the, the way that she formed the question to President Biden and and Juan Williams. Going again, using the old lame defense that, you know, Hunter Biden isn't the president. Um, well, the fact of the matter is, is and, and so it would explain why they're doing that. Maybe, maybe they believe, maybe Stephanie Rule and everybody at MSNBC, maybe Juan Williams and everybody on the left. Because it seems that inside the Beltway, and I use the Washington Post and Politico for that reason, that it's the left media that also their assessment is that, and I don't know if, you know, they believe it's going to happen this week or what they actually believe or if they, you know, if anybody has a source, we haven't been able to find that. But the the tell would be the meeting with Hunter's lawyers. Well, the problem is, is that what it opens up and what we learn from any indictment on Hunter Biden will be more that we learn ultimately about Joe Biden's participation. Right. Quite possibly. I still think that the that the whistleblower situation is the biggest thing on the table right now. I mean, there's, there's yeah. the indictments right. were, li- were likely going to happen. And I could see the DOJ going easy on, on uh, the son of a sitting president. But the fact of the matter is this is not about Hunter. Now, what I wonder is, is was Comer going to come out this Wednesday anyway? Is it because they're trying to yeah. beat the Justice Department from coming out with an indictment uh, 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 first? Because uh, he, he yeah. said they're, they're going to hold a press conference. The House Oversight Committee uh, chairman said he's going to hold a press conference unveiling additional details surrounding the Biden family business dealings. Uh, my message to the Department of Justice is, a very lo- is very loud and clear. Do not indict Hunter Biden before Wednesday, mm. when you have the opportunity to see the evidence that the House Oversight Committee will produce with respect to the web of LLCs, with respect to the number of adversarial countries that this family influence peddled in, uh, and this is not just about uh, the president's son, this is about the entire Biden family, including the president of the United States. So we believe that there are a whole lot of tips that the IRS and the Department of Justice don't know about because we don't believe they've done a whole lot of digging in this and we have by all accounts from the media reports we're getting what they're looking at charging hunter biden 
on is a slap on the wrist. It's a drop in the bucket. So Wednesday will be a very big day for the American people in getting the facts presented to them so that they can know the truth and the Department of Justice can finally do what they should have done uh, years uh, ago. Federal prosecutors are reportedly nearing a decision on a potential Hunter Biden indictment stemming from a years-long probe. But Republicans are set to hold the press conference on Wednesday presenting the American people uh, with additional information on the Biden family's bank records, a briefing that Comer argued will provide additional information into the investigation by U.S. Attorney uh, David Weiss. Comer warned this evidence they have further implicates the Biden family in a broader criminal pay-for-play bribery scheme. We're going to present to the American people the information that we've received thus far pertaining to bank records. We're going to disclose the many different LLCs, many of the different transactions that all these different Biden family members have gotten from our adversaries around the world. We don't believe this was just a coincidence that uh, all these Biden family members were receiving money uh, from these uh, the, from this web of LLCs into their personal bag. Well, we believe this was done in exchange uh, for something that then Vice President Biden and now President Biden would have done. So this whistleblower is going to provide some very crucial information to our investigation. And we've given the FBI until May the 10th to produce the document. So the ball is in the FBI's court with respect to the whistleblower. So are they doing this on May 10th? Do they have a time period that an hour afterwards they're going to go? Uh, you know, uh, and do the press conference after they receive the document. They claim they know what's in the document. And if they don't get the document, then criticize them. What are they going to tell about the whistleblower? My point is here, you have to, if, if you're going to say, don't don't charge Hunter Biden yet, mm. then you've got to provide at least at that meeting what the potential other crimes would be. Yeah. Um, I'm doing some, uh, a little bit of searching, uh, it appears a lot of the media is going off of the original Washington Post story. Uh, that, and, and they said the Washington Post reported. Well, the Washington Post speculated based on the meeting of, if you read the story, right. it, on the meeting between Hunter's lawyers and the, um, and the DOJ. By the way, listen to this garbage from Politico. Listen to this. But people close to Biden still worry about the personal toll it will take on a father who has already felt anguish about a son's struggles amid a long history of family tragedy. Are they, were they playing violins during this writing of this garbage? And they wonder how long he can compartmentalize personal anger with the attacks on Hunter. The attacks on Hunter? <laughs> You're pretending he didn't do this if you're writing it that way, attacks on Hunter. And the political calculation that he's a he's better off not responding to it. Biden has long agonized over the fate of his surviving son, expressing, don't bring Bo into this. I mean, that's what they're doing. They're yeah. implying this whole thing. You know, Biden, that, that, that Biden, Biden is, is, is a victim. Is long history. He's that, a victim. He's a history. He's, look. That, that Joe Biden is a victim it, of his Yeah, son. the president is a victim of all. Expressing that, he's expressing that worry in phone calls with longtime friends to Hunter himself. 
or and to Hunter himself. Hunter's response. Hunter is an adult. The attacks on Hunter. Attack. What attacks? What accusations that aren't warranted? Yeah, we know he lied on the gun form. Right. I mean, that's known. And we know he evaded his income tax. Right. At the minimum. With right. that, that we know already. I mean, that that's a Just given. such garbage. It really is. But as we said, Hunter Biden is a conduit that leads to Joe Biden. This and whole the thing is about the, Joe. The, the enrichment of the Biden family. Yeah. You know, so, but... Um, Will be in it. It's going to be an interesting week. It really is. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety Red Eye. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. So a couple of scenarios here as, uh, you know, the head of the Oversight Committee, House Oversight Committee, James Comer, telling the Department of Justice, you better not indict Hunter Biden this week. Think about this, though. If Does the Department of Justice prosecutors that are actually prosecuting, uh, was it David Weiss, uh, that, that are actually looking into it, I won't say prosecuting because they haven't prosecuted yet, that are look, investigating Hunter Biden, did they know about this document that exists? Because if this document exists showing actual uh, quid pro quo, pay for play, and documents, and it's a Department of Justice document that says we believe that bribery happened here and it came from the FBI and they haven't seen it yet, the last thing they're going to do is throw the prosecution in and then have this document appear the next day. Because it would, from what I know, they're not going to announce today, so they'd have to announce tomorrow. And if they announce tomorrow and then handed this over to Comer and it says, wait a minute, you guys are ignoring this? Then the cover-up just seems bigger. Yeah. Well, if, so if, does Comer believe that they... I, I, I don't know. Does Comer believe that they uh, did or didn't know about the document? He didn't say. Hmm. I, I'm just I'm speculating well, because as I, to what yeah, they would do. And, and the reason I I asked that is because, and I haven't seen that anywhere, but I, I didn't know if you hadn't. And the reason I asked that is because is this why, you know, basically Comer is waving the red flag saying, you know, and basically expediting this entire situation. It needs to be expedited anyway, but is that the attempt to make everybody aware? Or if he believes, look, there's a cover-up coming, make everybody aware of it, and if the indictment is coming down, he thinks he'll have leverage because then everybody at the DOJ will know that everybody knows about all this. So you can't ignore it. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. 
Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Let's check out and see what happened on the Sunday morning news shows, or at least one of the Sunday morning news shows. This poll is just brutal for President Biden. Absolutely, George. And you talked earlier about that record low approval rating for President Biden. It's actually six points down just since February. And the skepticism over his leadership extends deep inside his own party. Only 36% of Democrats think that their party should nominate Joe Biden for a second term. 58% say they would uh, support someone else or prefer someone else. That's despite the fact that the entire DNC, most of the Democratic establishment, has rallied behind President Biden. And you're seeing real weaknesses in the coalition that powered Joe Biden to the presidency back in, in 2020. Biden carried independence by 13 points against Donald Trump. He is now trailing Trump by nine points among those same voters. He carried black voters by 75 points in 2020. Now he is up just 35. That may sound like a lot, but the fact of the matter is, in, in modern politics, that is not the kind of number that a Democrat needs to be victorious. There you go. Uh, now, saying that, that you you there you have George Stephanopoulos. I mean, one of the biggest political <laughs> activists out there in the media with softball questions, as we've talked about in the the, the past. He he might be able to outdo Stephanie Rule from uh, her uh, interview with Biden the other day. But there gets to a point where you can't ignore the reality. Yeah, and Democrats are at the point right now with that polling number where the president is minus nineteen in that ABC poll. He's minus 19. You can't ignore that. And I think we're at the point right now where everybody knows Comer's going to hit with this on Wednesday. You can't hide it. You can't hide the possible influence peddling. You can't hide the whistleblower. You can't hide these things. And the media, again, I think they want to be aboard. And they wish that Biden could win. But there comes to a point where they say, the media says, he is no longer of any use to us. He can't win. There's still time to change. And I wouldn't be surprised, especially with the weak, uh, you know, re-election announcement a few days back from the president where everybody noticed and went, wow, he really doesn't have a campaign going. Mm. He sort of announced, but he really didn't announce. It wasn't a big thing. It was really one of the first times probably in American history where a president announced and really didn't want people to know that he had announced that he was running for re-election again. I mean, it's just yeah. bizarre what's yeah. going on mm. uh, here. But when you look at the fact that Comer's going to hold this press conference on Wednesday, the media is going to be there. The media has to report on it. Either you have to take one. I think the problem is the media is you know, used to taking one side or another. The side right. they're taking now is you saw Stephanie Rule. Oh, okay, Hunter might be indicted. It has nothing to do with you, Mr. President. Well, you're just being delusional. It's yeah. like her talking about the economy being good. Why don't people recognize it? No connection to you whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, and and so the people know it, and so they're the media is saying one thing. The president, everything is really great. Everything is really great. And the mm -hmm. public knows everything isn't really great. So saying everything isn't is great isn't working. And the president's numbers, as you've seen in the last couple of weeks, have gone down. Is it because 
Is it a variety of things? Is inflation finally hitting? Is the money that people, the government money that people got, is that running out? As uh, uh, Jamie Dimon said uh, last year, remember, he said by this summer, the money's going to start running out. And that's when we're really going to have problems. We've seen credit card debt skyrocket. We've seen car loan delinquencies 60 days plus uh, uh, go up. So is it partly the economy? And is it also part of the fact that every single day we hear Hunter Biden and now you've got the whistleblower coming out and the Dem- Republicans saying we have a whistleblower that says the president committed, you know, took bribery and no Democrats defending him. Think about yeah, that. Yeah. The Republicans came out and said, our whistleblower says Biden took bribes and the media won't touch the story well, or confront the story. And you don't have any surrogates out there at all, even if, even officially. No. Stepping up to the podium saying the president, this is not the truth. This never happened. These accusations are false. The president has never broken the law. And to the point where I'm sure it was an agreement, you you can talk about my son, but you leave me out of it. And that's what, exactly what she did. She said, this has nothing to do with you, but your son and the possible indictment coming uh-huh. down. Well, he's mm-hmm. done nothing wrong, whatever. Mm-hmm. The question was never asked. What about you? And what about this whistleblower? Okay. Republicans are claiming that they have a whistleblower that says you took a bribe. Here's what has changed. They allowed a question about Hunter. That's true. Think about this. We've gone from, oh, come on, Jack, and ignoring the questions about Hunter. Now, again, the liberal media, well, Hunter's not the president, but I mean the president himself and the administration. They have not entertained... In a sit-down interview, they were allowing a question about Hunter. The point being that that tells me you're nervous. Well, okay, things have changed drastically now with the whole whistleblower thing. So, okay, we'll sit down, do an interview, and they can ask all they want about Hunter, but nothing about me. Right. Before, it was, you're not... There was no way you were going to ask about Hunter in a prearranged sit-down. Maybe in, you know, I mean, Pete Ducey would, you know, there there were questions about Hunter, but they were being ignored. This is an agreement between MSNBC and the White House, and they're okay with Hunter questions now all of a sudden, as long as you don't bring up the big guy. That's well. A, that's that's a to me. That's indicative of it. It reeks of them basically saying, "Well, we'll okay, what do we do here? All right, we'll do a sit down interview." Yeah, well, he's throwing it. He's okay with you know. He's, he didn't throw his son under the proverbial bus, but by entertaining the question alone, he he kind of did. Well, when she paraphrased, saying this has nothing to do with not paraphrased. When when she stated when, yeah. when she stated, you know, this has nothing to do with you, right? Like a pre qualifier, right? Oh, like pre, right nothing pre, to do with you. Nothing to, which, of course, everybody's laughing, saying, mm-hmm. "What do you mean, Hunter Biden has everything to do with the president?" Exactly. Be, because they ignore that. They're you know, are they? Is this the attempt now to build a firewall between, uh, you know, a, a 
Hunter Biden and and his father. Inevitably, his, that had to be the next move if this were if this was getting closer, because I I dare say without the whistleblower thing, you wouldn't have had the the sit down interview, or if you did, you wouldn't have that question as part of it. Because why would he need to? Why would he need well, to agree? Well, the reason she put the pre-qualifier in there that it has nothing to do with you is directly because yeah. of Comer coming out and saying exactly. we have a whistleblower exactly. that says the president committed bribery. Exactly. That's the reason for the firewall. So now they build the firewall around him, and now they're carving out Hunter. But it's not going to work. I it's, mean, it's a no, dumb no, no, firewall. No. It isn't. It isn't. Because but it's, there, it's, it is. It, well, in fact, it, it, you add to the, the following, and that is, it's an indication that they really are scrambling and are desperate at this point. Right. Because, again, if if Comer has a whistleblower and that whistleblower has evidence of a quid pro quo, it is over for Joe right. Biden. And, and, the, and the only way this would work is if you're trying to throw Hunter under the bus eventually and say, well, I found this out, this was surprising, he did the, all of this, and I had and no idea this was going on. I didn't on. know. He and may I have done that, but I, I didn't know I didn't know the family it, was doing this. The family was keeping it completely for me. I wouldn't put it by them. Oh, this no. I, say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This no, was, that, that has to be the, the next move. This, this was Now, again, that it falls to pieces if... If there, this document exists and the whistleblower exists and the whistleblower testifies and the evidence shows that things were done for, for Joe Biden. But again, in doing all of this and having all the LLCs, every, the the intent was to try to buffer Joe Biden. Right. That was the attempt was to buffer him. And so if that was you're the trying att- to build plausible right. deniability right. At, in every right. step. Yes. So so if that was a, if that was a reason for doing it. Then don't be surprised if Biden uses that as the excuse that his whole family was using his name. He didn't know anything about it. They made the millions. Oh, I thought they were just doing. I thought they were just doing things to you know build my house, or they were giving me this money as a gift. I didn't know it came from the Chinese. I didn't know that Hunter was doing this. I, I didn't know that my all deniability from the top. Is that what they're trying to? He's trying to say. I, I thought that the it was tobacco in the pipe he was smoking. I didn't know Hunter smoked crack. <laughs> yeah. Crack is whack. Really, Jack. this is going to be a very interesting week. No, it will be. It's because we said it. If you don't have anybody from the administration stepping up to a podium denying this flat out in a very forceful way and we said it last week look okay we'll give them the benefit of the doubt we still have thursday and friday ahead of us thursday nothing friday nothing and the whole weekend nothing and now they're back to the well hunter's not the president well the one the one thing is by him answering that question and saying hunter has done nothing wrong he just opens the door to the press just in their entertaining daily press the briefings to sit yeah. there and say Excuse me, the president answered the question, and you're saying that he's deferring to the department. He did not defer the Department of Justice, so you've opened the door, so we believe you should answer the question. And, the whole, yeah, look, I mean, I, I, as a reporter now, knowing what Corrine Jean-Pierre is, I'm, I could care less about getting answers, 
My thing is to get her completely flustered to show America what she is. Well, that's it. That, that, would, be, it. that would be my goal, because I know she's not going to answer any of my questions, so you might as well expose her for what she is by making her bumble and stumble. And Well, here's, and, the, here's the thing. They, they know about even Politico in that sappy paragraph that I was reading earlier pointed out all the problems that Hunter has had. So Biden actually entertaining that question and, and saying, you know, trying to imply that Hunter's, ne- you know, doesn't uh, or hasn't done anything wrong. The liberal media already knows that Hunter has and their defense is Hunter's not the president. Right. So now Biden is saying, well, my son has done, done nothing wrong. Well, I know why he said that, because the alternative is Hunter's had his share of problems. I mean, political spin if you're a sitting president and hunter is your son then the spin answer would be hunter we all know that hunter has had a share of uh, problems or no i'm sorry not problems struggles struggles challenges challenges and he has faced that like he should and blah 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 you didn't look you're not hearing the right answers and you're also seeing something play out when it wouldn't have played out before the whole whistleblower thing came down. Why did he need to answer questions about Hunter at all? To start the firewall. Exactly. You're building right. the defense for Joe, because, right. and now you're carving Hunter out of it, and quite possibly uh, any other, uh, Jim, the brother, or all the other 19 Bidens, however many there are now, and I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't know. Come on. I didn't even know I had secret documents in my Corvette. I mean, Jack, these are, I mean, <laughs> these are the things, though, that you look for. And inevitably, that was going to be it. There was, this is the only play, by the way. You build a firewall and stall and install. And if something falls out with Hunter, then it falls out, and I didn't know that, and listen, uh, blah, 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 he's, that's it. You, you, that, that's I, I, the I evidence was, you have. I, right I was shocked. I didn't know any of this whatsoever. Now, right. it's tough for him to say that due to the fact that the voicemail exists and email <laughs> emails exist. We all know well, that he's already lied about not knowing about his son's business activities. Exactly. But the fact is, it doesn't matter. You're trying to build a firewall for a significant number of the American public that you believe is ignorant. Deny, 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 deny. And they're denying, and the, the everything is closing in more and more on the president. And so, with that, you have to build the firewall. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Yeah, that uh, poll coming out. I mean, it's uh, you You see that uh, the lowest for the ABC poll mm. uh, where his job approval rating uh, goes to 36%. Uh, and you're seeing it now start to slide. And I don't see anything that's going to change this uh, over the next six months. I don't 
suspect anything over the next year is going to change how people feel towards Biden. And as we have stated, that's why it's so tough to predict what's going to happen next year or who could win. You saw that both Trump and DeSantis were both up by seven points over Biden in that poll. And so you start looking at those numbers, you start getting close to double-digit numbers in a number of different polls, even out this early you you look and you say, well, who are the who's the other choice for the Democrats? Because what you're sort of seeing, and if it's very close between both Trump and DeSantis, uh, have the lead over Biden at this point, and it starts nearing ten percent. You're talking about people prefer Republicans versus Democrats, irrespective of who the Republican is. Look, and and knowing yeah. that the only Democrat out there is 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 Biden, and that is why. You know, you saw some of the panic over the weekend. You know, here's here's something. What's interesting is you have the whistleblower uh, who says he has this. Un, it, it's not a classified document. It's an unclassified document at the DOJ. And it exists, according to a couple of GO, members of the GOP. Where's the liberal media activist trying to prove it doesn't exist? My my question is, no one. You had no one doing because if it's not a classified document, even if it were, you've got contacts. If you're at the Washington Post, if you're at Politico, if you're at the New York Times, you've got contacts at the DOJ. They, I'm guessing by now, maybe not before last week, but by now, there are at least a handful of those liberal media members that know whether or not that document exists that would have, and if it didn't it would have exist already if it didn't <laughs> we would know it it would be the story at the washington post right because don't tell me after all these years they don't have somebody on the inside at, at, at multiple somebodies who could find a document that's not even classified and just tell them whether or not it, it exists whether what Comer is alleging what Grassley has, you know what they're pointing at is true or not if it's not true we would know by now and you can't convince me otherwise because well, it's yeah. not a classified document yeah cuz and that's the thing nobody is denying that the whistleblower does not exist right and nobody is saying that the document doesn't exist and no one i I didn't see anyone defending biden in fact it's i think that's why you know the stephanie rule thing is what okay that's what you just pretend it doesn't the story's out there you may even be reporting it there but you just ignore it there or or you're making yes you ignore it and make it about hunter right because now they know they can't ignore the Hunter thing, but it's better to focus on that than the president building the firewall, as we've been talking about. But when you use the B word against mm-hmm. a president, mm-hmm. that's tough to say, oh, it must be the son's fault. Right. And so it's just going to get worse this coming Wednesday, it's... especially depending on what kind of evidence they give. Right. Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio.
And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Then the other story uh, came out, the co-author of the infamous statement from 51 former intelligence officials casting doubt on the Hunter Biden laptop story in 2020, recruited influential figures in the intelligence community to sign it to give then-candidate Joe Biden a debate talking point. According to an email exchange that uh, was obtained over the weekend, Breitbart had it, the email exchange from October 19th between former CIA acting director Michael Morell and former CIA director John Brennan reveals Morell's behind-the-scenes effort to solicit signatories who had been deeply entrenched in the intelligence community in part to help the Biden campaign. It comes after the Washington Examiner first reported a related email written by uh, Morrell uh, on October 18th and addressed to a number of former intelligence officials. Uh, the email, which Breitbart News also obtained, contained a draft of the uh, uh, statement. Uh, he The uh, statement sent to ex-officials asking them for their signatures on a statement and saying they created it uh, because... We believe the Russians were involved in some way in the Hunter Biden email issue and because we think Trump will attack Biden on the issue with this week's debate and we want to give the vice president a talking point to use in response. Wasn't that the debate where Bob Yulinski was there? <laughs> Remember he was and 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 did the yes, interview I so, yeah. before, yeah. I think with Fox News, yeah. before that debate. And it's the one where Biden, you know, turned and said, 51 intelligence officials say yeah. that it was a Russian. Yeah. Because I think that was really the first time that a lot of people heard that. That, you know, the intel officials were saying it was Russian disinformation. Mm -hmm. Wow. No, that's that's right up, you know, that's that to me sounds like something right out of a Joe Biden playbook. And... The question, the question is, you know, um, Blinken, who was part of his campaign at that time, his involvement, and did Blinken lie at any point? Did the attorney general lie at any point uh, officially? Uh, there are so many things right now. I know. <laughs> on the, it, it's, you know, I, it, I get him confused well, once in a while. Well, you know, it's <laughs> like we talk about, you know, the, the, the proverbial back burner. Well, there's not enough burners on this. So if you ran a massive restaurant, you wouldn't have enough burners for this administration. Oh, they if if these were gas burners, they'd ban them all across the United States because we'd yes. be using too much natural gas. If they had if there were this many gas burners going at one time. I would be concerned. <laughs> About I would change. be I would be saying this can't possibly be safe. I mean, it is the the, the fires. No wonder Biden uses a, a different door now. It's probably a fire exit. You know what's interesting too, because the whole debt limit thing—that's not working for the president either. No, no. You know they're they're thinking that okay, because the Republicans came up with a plan that said, yeah, look, we'll raise the debt ceiling, but we have to have some spending cuts. Mm. Even a well-known liberal and New York Times columnist David Brooks. Oh, I'm sorry, he's the conservative. No, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Give me a break.
stated that President Joe Biden will change course and negotiate over raising the debt ceiling, and that while he doesn't think there should be conditions attached to raising the debt ceiling, quote, the Republicans are right that we've put on a big spending binge over the last five years, and our deficits are way too high right now. They're fueling inflation that's way too high. That's really probably the first in the mainstream media that is acknowledging that not only this borrowing that we've done, but the borrowing that we're currently doing right now and that they plan on doing, because we've talked about this, has is continuing to keep inflation high. And that really isn't talked about much. And for David mm. Brooks to come out and say that, I was like, oh, wow. Mm. He said that on the PBS NewsHour. Yeah. He said, I th- do think Biden is going to negotiate. I think the that's just going to be the reality. And I think the people at the White House, some of the people understand that. I've noticed in Congress some moves to make it easier for us to get to to solve this crisis without having it blow up. So that's not uh, to say that all warnings are off and that we should relax. But I do think there is going to... Uh, Uh, be some uh, movement and so the republicans are wrong in that (laughs) we should have a budget negotiation over a budget through the budget process not through the nuclear option Hmm. but we can't get it any other way right but in my view the republicans are right that we put on a big spending binge over the last five years probably rightly because of covid and other things you know they love to i mean brooks like i've said brooks is would be uh, i don't know he might have used to been considered a conservative in the republican party he isn't anymore because if you're truly concerned with the insane spending of the Democrats, you understand that you have to do something serious to get them to stop. Yeah. Yeah, if and, you were and truly what, a conservative, right. you'd actually be looking right. at the GOP plan and 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 be first, tick, and be ticked off that it's not more exactly saying this is this is uh, austerity light. This is not as we right. called it. This is not real austerity. This is not really what we need to do. It doesn't. I mean, because the point is, is that that I don't expect him to do that and just do that. But you start with that, saying, "Look, let's look at the GOP plan. It's not a very serious plan, except for it is at least in the right direction. It's not near enough." And it's not serious enough. Now, having said that, then you go after and you you break down the you know the position of uh, the president. It's it's not hard, but though that's that's how you know somebody is a conservative. Now, but what I wonder is because you know the Democrats, I'm sure they're thinking inside the White House. Hmm. But he's been out there saying that the Republicans are radical. How hmm. come? How come that's not working? It's worked right. before. Right. In 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 debt ceiling situations and i think the difference might be that americans have felt finally the result of the reckless spending it's inflation yeah they're feeling it they understand now some of them not all they still want a lot of them well if we can get what we want today and not have inflation too bad i still want what i can get you're not going to cut social security in half to stop the spending that's not going to happen we know that right you know, so what are you actually going to cut? Well, you hopefully just try to be start moving it in the right direction. That's all you can do right now because when it comes to actual budget things, once this debt ceiling is passed, uh, I don't know what the Democrats are going to agree to that would have any substance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I think the Democrats are peeling off more and more every day on this uh, debt limit. 
because they see some internal polling showing that it's out there. The Republicans have a plan to cut a little bit. Well, why don't we just do a little bit of a trim? I mean, that's they're trying to be responsible in spending. You can make that argument. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> there's still a long way to go, but the Republicans are at least going in the right direction to start this, to, you know, to at least start to move in the right direction so we you know don't put this burden on our children and grandchildren and that we and that we right now because there's two things you want what you want right now from the government but you want the inflation to go away yeah because you're realizing well we got stuff during covid but that hasn't made up inflation's taking it all away and more and i'm worried about where i am now and you know i think there is probably a feeling because people recognize the inflation uh, has to do a lot with the deficits that we rack up, that and that's not going to go away for a while. That they want it to go away, but they think that it may be going on for a significant period of time, mm. and they don't like it. Yeah. And I think that may be part of why the Democrats haven't shown. Now, it could all be different if we do have a shutdown. And they say, we're going to close down the national parks, mm-hmm. which they don't have to. Right. But we're going to do what's painful, so we're going to close down the national parks uh, all summer long. Right. <clears throat> what does the public think about it? And are Republicans to blame? They might say yes. They might say no. I don't know where it's going to go. Last time they blamed the Republicans. Yeah. Right. I. It's, you know, uh, if the GOP gets... Any credit, at least we're talking about the national debt right now. <laughs> at least we're talking about the debt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, it may not be the most meaningful conversation long term because we're still talking about raising the debt ceiling. But, and we're talking about it because the GOP also knows there are people concerned about the national debt, as they should be. We're at a point that really is a tipping point that needs to be better demonstrated by the GOP in a real way. Because once we're past that tipping point, there's not going to be any reversal until it's too late. The only thing, again, and we've been over this time and time again the last year, is that the abstract has become reality. Yep. That's the yep. only difference right now. Yeah. And I don't know how the public's going to react in 2024. Uh, we'll see. You would think they would only act and run one way to stop the insanity. But everything we've talked about, the border now mm-hmm. is no longer abstract. Why? Right. Migrants are all in the liberal cities now and they're complaining. Oh, and that's uh, going to blow up this week. And, oh, and, my gosh. Yep, and that's good. That's that's blowing up. Mm-hmm. And, and so that... Um, Oh, I got to find Kennedy asking the one woman, uh, if if uh, people want electric vehicles, why are we paying them to buy them? Yeah, right. And she couldn't answer the question. Right. It was just great. It was like, and I'm right. thinking to myself, is does any, can anybody, think about all the topics we've covered over the last couple of weeks with Republicans asking uh, members of the administration a question and how many, the vast majority, I'd say 95% of the questions are asked they can't answer. Right. Think about that. Yeah. Can you imagine if that was the private sector and the people in charge of making that couldn't answer any questions, they'd be gone. But that has become now normal. 
for this administration. That's commonplace. We don't, you know, we're not, we're going to answer a question that's not the question you're asking us. And then, and then, and then they say, well, I answered your question. No, you answered a question. You didn't answer my question. We're going to spend 50 trillion. Can you tell me what it's going to do? Well, what we really should be doing is no. What is it going to do? I think that we should be no. I, this is, but this Answer is the a, question. This on the Green New Deal. This is again, you know, that, that was the back and forth uh, last week. You probably heard it on the show. Mm-hmm. Listen to the podcast if you haven't heard it. And but those are the they can't answer the questions. No, they can't have a discussion on any of these items. They can't. Why? Because reality is hit. Reality is reality. defeating them at reality every turn, and it's all. All of it is is boiling all at yeah. once. All my friends in New York, you know that that I know, what they want to increase. National Grid wants to increase seventeen percent electricity rates. Why? And they go climate change. Well, we didn't know we were seventeen percent. Yeah, you got to be kidding me. Right. Everybody's throwing a fit now. Why? Reality is hitting. It's all great to say. Do you want a perfect Nirvana? Uh, you know, uh, a clean atmosphere and everything else and don't worry we'll only tax the rich in order to do this and those large evil corporations right and they end up not taxing the rich and the large corporations and and by the taxing the large corporations they'd be taxing you anyway just a stealth tax on the exact poor and middle class uh but all of a sudden everybody's getting hit in their bill and it's like what yeah and it's going to continue to save the planet that's you must go bankrupt that's right 86690 Red Eye. Lines open for your calls. 86690 Red Eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara. 86690 Red Eye. And George Stepanopoulos kept, kept asking Janet Yellen over the weekend whether Trump would use the 14th Amendment to ignore Congress and raise the debt ceiling. And she you was... You mean Biden? You said Trump, but Biden, you mean? I said Biden? You I said, said Trump. Trump. Okay, yeah. I meant Biden. Yeah. Whether Biden... <laughs> I was reading a story... Trump before. may use the, cite the 14th Amendment for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> On my screen, it's a huge story. Yeah. Trump in front of me, but... Yeah, I'm, yeah, so yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, but no, uh, whether Biden would use the 14th Amendment... And uh, she was like, well, that you know, uh, I wouldn't want to see that done. Well, does he have that off the table? And I'm like, who put that on the table? Mm-hmm. Because nowhere in the 14th Amendment does it state that the president can increase our debt ceiling. Right. It says that all debts are legit, you know, to, to, to pay, you know, that are for spending that's in the law. Yeah. You know, for spending that's in the law or... That the the debt ceiling debt should be paid that it's in the law, which to me gives the fact that Congress needs to raise the debt ceiling because that's acquiring more debt. Right. I don't see anywhere where it says the president in an emergency can raise the debt ceiling. Right. Yeah. So I don't know what I they're talking I don't about know to begin that with. Because they're making it sound like that there's something in the Fourteenth Amendment that allows the president to do that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen to when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight. Well, I um, uh, the imagery I have of the coronation was one picture. Yeah. On social media. Yeah. And that was, I said he had called it the hat before. Uh, <laughs> King Charles and his crown standing next to the whiz from Seinfeld. <laughs> Well, there was a picture next to him, the whiz from Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Besides that, I didn't watch any of it. Nobody beats the whiz. I didn't see any of it. Yeah, I didn't. I was actually grateful that I woke up Saturday morning and and I had had, you know, I mean, I, I get uh, the push notifications from all the news apps that I have. And I realized, oh, it's pretty much over by the time I woke up. I was like, all right. I don't know what channels it was on because I yeah. didn't. Sorry, I didn't care. Yeah. Um, and there was somebody, it was like four in the afternoon. Wow, I just finished watching all the festivities of the coronation. It was like four in the afternoon. I was up by 6.30, I think, in the morning. It was already announced that he was he was king at that point. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, so you, and you watched another t- Apparently there were concerts and everything else that went along. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So All right. It's like, okay, go ahead. You know, celebrate what you want. Sure. I, I've I've always stated though that you know it's if if we are if we live in this very very you know sensitive age of where we look back at the United States of America that is a republic, and look at the faults that we have, that to be honoring the history of a monarchy, Mm -hmm. which is the opposite of a democracy, even though, yes, you can look at what came out of the English monarchy and say things like the Magna Carta and things like that, which was the precursor to the Constitution of the United States. Mm -hmm. Yes, but for when you look at a monarchy, to begin with in general, and the entire history of it, no. (laughs) Yeah. And to be celebrating, if you celebrated and remembered your history, like we do, for example, on Independence Day, it's one thing. To be honoring, sorry, to be honoring and having a pretend monarchy today, sort of role-playing, is just, I'm not offended by it. It's just dumb. Well, and and I've got a ton of English friends. I, I dated a woman one time from Liverpool, just so you know that. Yeah? Yeah. There once was a woman from Liverpool. Liverpool, yes. That's... <laughs> I think I heard that joke. Yeah. So, and, and I thought about it over the weekend, too. 
I thought, number one, thank goodness I slept through it. Number two, uh, I mean, I don't turn the TV on uh, normally anyway. Uh, but I, 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 I've got a bad back. I can't bow to anyone. <laughs> I, I can, but I'm, I can't get back up. That's the problem. So I'm grateful that we don't have such uh, yeah. a government here I, in uh, I, I'm, or, I'm I am not into I'm not into honoring people because of their blood, because of their family blood. Sorry, we're we're the United States. We're a bunch of mutts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We and we like it that way. We came over here to get away from the royal family, a lot like Harry. (laughs) We uh, (laughs) we all relate to Harry. Yes. Oh no, not but yeah. I'm I'm kidding there. What a what a package that is. Yeah. Him and Megan Markle. Oh god. You know, is it I I don't know. I think about this. <laughs> we talked about uh recently for some reason, soap operas and the fact that a couple of them are still on the air, but back in the day soap operas were the, you know, Oh, I got to catch up with my stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were big time, right? Yeah. Young and the Restless yeah. still is a little bit. Yeah. So, I guess that's the version of a live soap opera. I don't know. The 80s General Hospital has turned into well, I mean, the royal I mean, family. for Americans. For the Brits, I know. I get it. But for Americans that are enthralled with it i i don't know yeah i i don't get it yeah one of my best friends i've known since we were in grade school uh his wife is british and they go over quite a bit and you know we haven't had the direct conversation but you know i mean there is there is that that difference in mindset and you know, when you go over the and and the, the the main thing we talk about, he and I talk about, is the British humor. We we both are huge fans of British humor, but in terms of you know that kind of I don't know adoration or uh, I'll stop short of worship, but for some people it is <laughs> worship. Uh, I don't know. I don't get again the Brits. I get. But the Americans that are into it, unless you have some kind, and because I think of my friend, and I think, okay, well, if you're married into it, or if you, uh, if your parents came over here directly, uh, okay. But I guess it's kind of the soap opera thing. I, I guess it's certainly it is part of world history. If you look at at uh, like the li- the the life of. The late Queen Queen Elizabeth. Oh yeah. yeah. When you when you look at all the things <clears throat> that happened, that's the fascinating thing to me. Mm-hmm. This, by the way, is the reason I love doing the whole thing on my my family tree. It's not just about that they're you know relatives or whatever or distant relatives. That's really not it for me. That's not the driver. The driver is learning about what their life was like 
during the time they lived. To me, that's fascinating for the for the 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 uh, the queen. She was queen for so long. You could just go back and and look at the world history of events, right? Okay, but that's really not necessarily about her. So that I get the fascination there about that because world history is fascinating, no doubt. But it goes beyond that for a lot of people, and and I think they just kind of want to be want to have those little factoids. Hey, did you know? That King Charles is the first. I don't. I don't know that. And I don't know that I wanted to know that. But I, I guess that's it. I mean, you know, which is fine. But it's it's well. It, you, the, when, the, well, the thing is, I mean, uh, to celebrate a pretend monarchy is is just it's it doesn't offend me. It's just silly. Yeah. And and to put those people, you know, I I did see the picture of them in the gold carriage. Stop it! These aren't special people. Stop pretending that they are. I mean, that's the thing that's dumb. And the same thing here, you know, what we see with Harry and Meghan, and mm-hmm. you know the, the the fascination, you know, and yeah, look, that's the whole Camelot thing from Kennedy was the United States trying to find our own royalty, and the left seems at times obsessed. What's the new royalty in American politics today? Why don't we have every society needs royalty? No, we don't. Shut up. Well, you know, what's interesting <laughs> is that, you know, it's that kind of all dissipated with the Clintons and the Bushes. <laughs> Didn't it? Yeah, no, you know, because <laughs> if you think about it, because uh, JFK Jr. was was the last of that, you know, adoration and... He was the last of the, you know, whatever, Camelot, or however they were going to apply it. Um, and and the, that's, that was a media-driven fascination. Yeah, the Clintons were camp. That was like Camelot 2.0, remember that? And, and then the Bushes yeah. came in, and they were like, okay, yeah, yeah. we're done. Okay, now, you know, <laughs> because the idea was, you know, other family members who well, and, are served and... Serving, and you know, and, and I won't. That. I won't say the Trump family is viewed as royalty because they're not. Trump. Is oh viewed no, 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 no. Trump. No. Even though Trump's a billionaire, you could say, yeah, he's part of the elite rich. He's not viewed that way by his supporters. He's not, or or his political enemies. No, nobody, no, no, that's, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, there. Nobody actually views him no. that way because it's been said quite often that he gets along better with the the people who actually build the buildings and and swing the hammers uh, that he has mm-hmm. built. Uh, better than he does with the people in the boardroom, and and those are the those are the you know. Uh, but the fascination, the media fascination, really went away in the '90s and in the early 2000s. Um, and I think primarily because of the Clintons and Bushes. But but that idea of a monarchy. Look, I've said it. If the king is going to you know, if, if I don't know if England went to war, if they're going to war and the king wants to get on top of a horse and lead his men to war, well, that would be fascinating. But it would be, again, indicative of, and, and I know they do serve, but the fact of the matter is, is that it's not leadership of the people being born into it is not what we want as a global society by the way more and more you think about that we don't we want the people that we choose 
not the people that are just born into it. Right. Yeah, well, you're right. That's Well, remember, Hillary, though, it was her time, remember? Yeah. It was her time. Her time. It's her time. The, the, I think, actually, she made that up. The only, the only <laughs> bit of... <laughs> I think she came up with that. It wasn't Bill. No, it wasn't Bill. <laughs> the, the only royals I've ever worshipped, though, was... I am the whiz, the whiz. <laughs> I am the whiz, the whiz. From Seinfeld. Yeah, Remember, exactly. he had his crown. The whiz had his crown. Yeah, he did have a crown. I am the whiz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. One of the funniest <laughs> memes I've seen, and it came around because there was more, uh, you know, the the um, stories around uh, Jeffrey Epstein and the island being sold and the whole thing. And one of the memes that came back around was Hillary, and it was a picture of her. And it said, don't make me kill yourself. Oh, oh my. Jeez. Oh, jeez. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Yes. I saw that. It's like, man, it's <laughs> brutal. But uh, this, but, oh. you know, I, that was the answer, basically, you know, by, I think, the right and the left. That whole Clinton and Bush thing. Because by the time you got to the end of George W. Bush's second term, it was like, okay, no more Clintons or Bushes. Both sides were saying, all right, no more. And I think that closed the door on the whole Camelot in America idea. It's just it's just so bogus. It really is. You know. I know. I it doesn't mean that other members of the family can't can't serve. It's just the people got tired of it. And they didn't they just don't like that approach. Oh my gosh, I'm reading the babylon b yeah coronation day disaster as king charles accidentally freezes london with hidden ice powers and flees <laughs> to the mountains <laughs> okay that would get me interested <laughs> if he had special powers oh my gosh that's funny that's hilarious oh, i love it man yeah and, and my other favorite one because i got a bunch of friends old friends that do this Pro disc golfer, you know, the disc yeah. golf. Yeah. Pro disc golfer disqualified after testing negative for cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. That's funny. 866-90-RED-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. Compliance, safety, accountability, or CSA, is the FMCSA safety, compliance, and enforcement program. Its goal is to hold motor carriers and drivers accountable for highway safety and to reduce crashes, injuries, and fatalities on our roads. CSA does this by assessing the safety performance of motor carriers and drivers based on data collected during roadside inspections, crash reports, and FMCSA investigations. Based on the data that is compiled, motor carriers are assigned a score. The carrier is then grouped with other carriers who have had a similar number of safety events. Carrier scores within the group are then ranked to determine intervention priority. Low scores are better, so carriers with the highest scores are those that are most likely to be targeted for intervention by the FMCSA. Interventions range in severity and may include warning letters, roadside, off-site, or on-site inspections, civil penalties, or operation out-of-service orders. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, See, Richard Dreyfus went uh, went crazy yeah. at the new uh, PC um, uh, Oscars. Yeah. Oh, well, I, it's, just, I just had the story here and I lost it. I just had, yeah, it. we, we talked about it, you know, years ago when it, they were moving closer and closer to it. And it's like, okay, well then you'll have to have 900, maybe a thousand different categories or awards every year. Right. Mm-hmm. Or different ceremonies altogether. I mean, if you're going to have an award show at all. Based on the drop in viewership, maybe you don't have one. No, that's a great point. Maybe you, maybe you have the award shows over Zoom. <laughs> maybe you don't. Maybe you don't put it on the air anymore. He says the uh, uh, the new standards make me vomit. Is well, what he said. Well, Hollywood's no n- new diversity inclusion standards are thoughtless. And patronizing, Richard Dreyfus said in an interview Friday, the Jaws uh, star further claimed the new eligibility standards make me vomit. Mm. In an interview with PBS's Fire in Line with Margaret Hoover, he sat down to discuss America's civics crisis while weighing in on the Academy of Motion Pictures diversity inclusion standards, which will require films to meet standards and representation categories to qualify for the best picture category, starting with the Oscars in 2024. Asked what he thought about the new standards, which are to go into effect next year. Uh, the Oscar winner, who claimed to really love being an American, end of quote, mm. bluntly expressed his dismay. They make me vomit. Mm. And she asked some questions. It was like, uh, uh, when questioned why, he explained, art shouldn't be governed by the latest moral fad. Because this is an art form, he said it's also a form of commerce and it makes money, but it's an art. And no one should be telling me as an artist that I have to give in to the latest, most current idea of what morality is. He also argued one cannot legislate over the perceived slighting of others. And what are we risking? Are we really risking hurting people's feelings? You can't legislate that. You have to, you, and you have to let life be life, he said. Well, and he said, even if it's politically incorrect, he goes, look, no, of course, every, everything should be able to go because it's art. My art is not your art. Well, you know, we look at uh, like a comedy movie like Blazing Saddles. Even yeah. back then, they knew what they were writing was going to raise a ton of eyebrows. And the idea was the humor lies in the absurdity that those characters mm-hmm. are so blatantly bigoted and that was it and that's that's what they knew the creators knew that of, of those that type of content knew that back then to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. 
And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Did you you see Robert Kennedy Jr.? Mm. The CIA killed John Kennedy. Okay, is that going to be a major political issue here for 2024? Well, do you believe in the single shooter? Was there another shooter on the grassy knoll? And was it the CIA? Mr. Trump. (laughs) <laughs> Mr. DeSantis. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of part of 2016. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it Ted was. Cruz's yeah. Dad, Ted Cruz's dad. Ted Cruz's dad, right. Allegation yeah, exactly. thrown by Trump mm-hmm. toward Ted Cruz. Well, now you actually have a Kennedy <laughs> saying it was the CIA. I mean, you're going to get the attention of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it won't, yeah. you know, for conservatives, won't be a driving issue. Or or, or will it? No, it won't be. Well, hold on a second. With everything we know now in recent years about weaponizing the DOJ. <laughs> I see where it's going. Is, is he I, trying to tell us something that this, the it's CIA been around? It was literally right. weaponized. Right. The government's been weaponized. It was, it's been right. for ages, and I don't know, maybe he's trying to fold that together. I'm listening. <laughs> Not only did the CIA kill Kennedy, but they got involved in a domestic issue. They should exactly. have only been killing other foreign presidents, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, how? Uh, I, look, I, it's uh, you know that's one of those things that uh, could be one of those shows they put on late night on History Channel. Um, Mr. Kennedy, I'm I'm definitely well, listening. I mean, I, well, look, I I know that when the the more information came out, I mean, Tucker Carlson was out there basically stating that the CIA killed Kennedy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, the, that's it. It's, and, and that's, right. I mean, it doesn't. If, uh, by the way, the evidence does not go to that point of showing that. Right, and I think Rogan brought up the topic. I don't know where, <clears throat> right, where what uh, Rogan believes exactly, but I mean, I, it's been talked about recently, and which is likely why RFK Jr. is you know, talking about it. But and he's a Kennedy. When a Kennedy <laughs> is talking about it, you got to listen, don't you? <laughs> I think it's mandatory. Well, that would be that has that has to go through the. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> Democrat process, but there's not going to be any debates. So. Well, he's the, he's the last hope for Camelot. I know that. If there- oh, no. <laughs> I'm starting to think about that. Oh, no, wait a minute. He is, he is the Camelot he's, candidate. He's the last hope for a true Camelot. Just throwing that out there for people who want to grab onto it. I don't believe it. Vote for Kennedy. I'm not even holding on to the rope. I'm throwing the whole thing in the water. Bring back Camelot. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I'm, you know, I'm listening to whatever RFK Jr. wants to say about the assassination of his uncle. Let's have that conversation. And while we're at it, could we discuss Chappaquiddick? <laughs> what, what do you know about your other uncle? <laughs> Wow. Oh, that Camelot thing went downhill fast, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I 
guess we're not talking Camelot oh. anymore, are we? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it will. Well, I, it's the, first of all. RFK Jr. won't be on a debate stage. There's not going to. No, that's not, not going to happen. So. Gonna, well, you never know if Biden decides to drop out by the end of the week. But let's start that. Wait a minute. Up. Hold on a second. Let's what am I the, thinking? Let's start. He could very well yeah. be on a debate yeah. stage. <laughs> let's 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 start that rumor after. Well, wait a minute. After Wednesday, and Comer releases what he has, Biden will resign by Friday. When the and when let's the see if uh, that goes anywhere. When the when the whistleblower comes forward. <laughs> Wow, I mean, this week is going to be well. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this week because, and and again, I think, uh, you know, will Comer be successful in connecting the dots? Where you have a George Stephanopoulos like yesterday have to say, mm. you know, these these numbers are a disaster for the president, and sorry, he may think that you know that. People think the economy is great, or they may think the economy is great. Right. They're not convincing anybody. And I just, I look at this, depending on what Comer comes out with, if they're able to show, and you know, are they going to do it like uh, a flow chart for mm. the mob? Right. Here's where the money went. Are they going to have a chart behind it? Mm. Because is it something that the media will cover after? You know, we mentioned that Stephanie Rule and her softball political activist interview with Biden, you know, said, we know this has nothing to do with you, but your son. And of course it is something. The only thing that matters Mm. is the fact that Hunter Biden was the conduit of money to the family and the president. Yeah. And Comer says the whistleblower says, and he believes him and he believes he, because he says he knows what the quid pro quo was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He knows what they gave for it. Right. Well, if they can make any kind of case that strengthens it on Wednesday, the media is going to have to cover it. How do you just ignore it as MSNBC did last Friday with the interview? Except yeah, to the, say the, the, it, Hunter did some wrong. Yeah, not, not everybody in the media can ignore it. And it, it no, won't be it won't be just a uh, Newsmax or Fox News story. And and so, if he's able to strengthen the in any in any degree, because I don't know if he's going to have you know he, they're supposed to get uh, they're doing this on Wednesday. I don't know whether they'll have that document from the Department of Justice or the FBI. And well, if, if, yeah. if that exists. If that exists that shows what the vice president did, what country he did it for, and how much money they got. Mm-hmm. If that's what that is about or that money was transferred and the whistleblower, you know, if, if it comes out, uh, I I see Democrats ready to bail. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I could be completely wrong. I don't know. I think that's kind of already started. That's what I'm wondering. Because nobody's, nobody's jumping him. out right. and, and and defending him. So, no, I think there's. I think that at the very least indicates that they're ready to s- step away from this. A- and that would be the question. What do we see on Wednesday? Exactly what do we yeah. see on Wednesday? Because I'm telling you, man, if there is a document 
And then that leads to and demonstrates clearly a quid pro quo. I don't know what you'd... That is a cliff event for the Biden presidency. Because I don't know where you go to try and step out in front of... If anybody in the in uh, the, the, the chain of custody of that document is found to have tried to, you know, cover it up or hide it or whatever... Any, it, nobody wants to catch that falling sword from that cliff is the point because you could go down with anybody who broke the law as a part of it. And how do the media cover this? For example, I wouldn't be surprised if a story came out today from the New York Times or the Washington Post or some other liberal publication mm. that says, oh, they really don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And they promote that the first, even if they do have something, if the media doesn't try to downplay it before this comes out on Wednesday. No, that's a good point, yeah. yeah. Hmm. They really don't have anything. But the one thing that you and I have said is if this document didn't exist or if it was totally exaggerated by the whistleblower, parts of it might be true. We'd know it. You would think that the mainstream media would have found that leak. It would have been leaked from the friendlies in the Department of Justice and the FBI to friendly media, and that hasn't happened yet. Somebody at the Washington Post with their countless DOJ contacts. This is not a classified document. Right. We, we would, at, at the very mm. least, here's what we would know, I, I think. We would know whether it exists or not. And if we knew that, then they would probably have information on whether it's blown out of proportion, you know, by Comer or anybody else. And we would also see a hit job on the whistleblower. Okay, here's my other question. Does it come that, out? I mean, I, I mean, in, right. in the media, a media hit job in destroying their credibility ahead of this coming out. Now, remember, I think he's. I think Comer is meeting. They have a meeting. Yeah. With the FBI and the Department of Justice this Wednesday. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming after that meeting is when the press conference is going to be because they want the document to be presented at that meeting. That he has, I believe, with Ray. Yeah. So if they don't present it, but if the if the Department of Justice and the because this may be another stalling tactic, they come out and say the document does exist. We're not willing to go into it because it's all part of our continuing investigation. And so they don't indict him now. And then you hear leaking. Well, they're now investigating other things along the way. And so this may be pushed off another six months to a year as they investigate it, and they don't release it to Congress because it's part of the Department of Justice investigation against Hunter Biden. Special prosecutor? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I didn't even think about that thing. That's a great point. Because the DOJ, if you want to build a wall around the president right right now, and and you know that's your only move, then you kind of have to do that. Do you not? Because you push it past, definitely past well, the 24 election. Yeah, the special prosecutor pushes it past the 24 election. Yeah. Then you're not going to get anything from the Republicans. And right. if you're trying to protect the president, that's right. how you would protect him. Right. But why wasn't a special prosecutor called last week or the week before when all the whistleblower stuff started coming up? Maybe the uh, inevitability of it all wasn't maybe they weren't able to build the firewall otherwise 
Because I would say that politically, assigning a special prosecutor to this is, from my perspective, not an admission of guilt, but you're definitely acknowledging a heap of trouble for the president. And at the same time, delaying it coming out. Yes. I mean, that's what they would want to do. They want to delay the process and push it back after November but 24th. But it's not going to stop the House from finding the whistleblower. It's, it's not it going to stop the House. It doesn't it, do that. And and so it doesn't stop them from doing it. And if they don't release it, will well, the question would be: Will more be leaked? Is the do would the DOJ push back and say, "Well, we're not sharing these documents because they're part of the special prosecutor's right investigation." Right. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety Red Eye. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Sarah Curley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Just look, just looking at the picture of Richard Dreyfus, and just just a picture of here. You make they make me vomit talking about the Oscars. And just, just, yeah, I get the biggest because he's a big liberal, isn't he? Uh he's I a big liberal. Don't think so. No, I think he's libertarian on some things. Is he? Okay. Yeah. In recent years, he's espoused, uh, espoused some more libertarian views. Okay. I don't know that he's ever claimed one way or the other, but I, I thought back in the day, until recent years, I thought for sure. And I don't know if there's been a change or not, or if I just had it wrong. By the way, if they ever remake Jaws, Paul Giamatti to play <laughs> that role. Of that Richard Dreyfus did. All right, who plays the boat captain? See, I can't figure that one out. Oh, wow. That's. At first, I was going to go Carol Burnett, but I'm thinking, no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny, uh, <laughs> like anything else she does, but uh, I, I don't know. Roy Shatter was so good in that they were all just. I know so they good. were they were per I mean they were all they no, were perfect it was for so, that role. It, it was yeah. just perfect. Right. Now I mean the the mayor and the city council oh, pretty man. stupid because when mm. you have that kind of a shark you yeah. get off the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the mayor was practically shoving people in the water. I mean like, Come on, go swimming. It's, I can't swim. Get and, in the water. And they, uh, yeah, and they viewed they uh, they uh, did filming a lot of the Jaws two, right mm-hmm. where I used to live in Navarre. Oh yeah, Navarre Beach. They, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was uh, at the old. I believe they did a lot at the old. Was it the Holiday Inn dome that they had there mm-hmm. for for the for two? But one was still the best. Yeah, still. Yeah, the, the first one yeah, is. First I mean, you just best. don't. You yeah. can't recapture that that magic. It was really really great. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. 
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.